editorial decision to end on that line because I think it's relevant to what we will be discussing. It's And it's also now established as the B-Block. And it is now established as the B-Block. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This is Dump on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. This is the B-Block coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. Tonight is Thursday, November the 19th. With me, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? <clears throat> hey, Joe, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I just want to say real quick before we dive into this B block that when we were on, or Joel was on Twitter the other day, and somebody referred to us as the ump on Twitter. Um, and I just want to put this out there right now that like we hate umpires and we really don't want to be associated with them. So if you're going to like shorten our name down, please refer to us as the dump. And not the ump. I just want to That's put that out there. I like that. <clears throat> Shout out. That was Sultan of Swat who told us that. So we'll just call him Swat from now on. Uh, also with us, not Sultan, Swat. With us tonight also, as per usual, is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Pretty good, Joel. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm coming from, from eternally dark side of the moon seattle and uh i I don't know if it was me scratching my beard but on one of these podcasts recently i heard somebody scratching themselves their beard a lot or something it might have been me and i'm not gonna i don't know but i'm just gonna try not to do that we don't mind that i mean loud chewing is uh encouraged i think there was one episode where jesse ate like a whole bag of doritos <clears throat> right in front of the microphone right an entire cool. sleeve of crackers <laughs> he did oh wait hold on he did did he say it did, did, did. i'm not making this up right don't you remember that uh, yeah the, caveat, the, probably. Part, the, the second half of my statement was that i was gonna drink lots of liquids very loudly <laughs> Yeah, we, I like that. We, like, uh, have a lot of ice clinking on this podcast. I feel like that's the most <laughs> that's common like background cocktails. noise. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the psoriasis scratching, you know? <laughs> I got the itchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's weird. Less classy than, like, a scotch on the rocks. Weird, weird panting. <sighs> Like smacking like like lots of saliva. <laughs> okay, we're gonna stop describing bad podcasts, <laughs> and we're gonna get into what we're gonna talk about uh, this evening. Okay, so this is a B block, and this is Return of Your Ono Sucks, which has been a semi regular installment of Dump on the Ump. We have talked about uh, Jim Crane. The owner of the Houston Astros. Fuck that guy. We've talked about Jimmy. Fuck that guy. We have talked about Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. More like Jimmy and, has been. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Quit hassling me. Hey, that's a good one. 
We have also talked about the Wilcon family, Ugh. the now former owners of the Nine Mets. Right. Have you talked about the Marlins? We have not yet talked about the Marlins. We've got a long list of people we can talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about the Cubs. I want to talk about the White Sox. Those are, those are two, the Yankees. Ooh. Yeah. The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. We got a long, long list of assholes to talk about. Maybe you should like throw in like an Artie Moreno. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, but that's he's, the thing. He's not. <laughs> the depressing thing about the Your Owner Sucks, sucks segment is that you can literally do it about any owner. Yeah, all right. Like the the Green Bay Packers, owned by the city of Green Bay, we could do a Your Owner no, Sucks no, about no, the city sucks. of Green Bay. <laughs> that city fucking sucks. Green Bay wants it blue. I wasn't there for football. It was boring. <laughs> Right, well, but Sam's right, because the issue is these are all septuagenarian billionaires. Good people do not own sports teams, period. Right. You know what I'd like to do instead of taking care of anyone else is buy a sports franchise. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Right, and then complain about how it doesn't make me money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're all making me out to be the bad guy. (laughs) Alright, so now that we've established that, let's get into this. Steve Cohen, the new owner of the New York Mets. So, although none of us here on the Dump on the Ump podcast and many of its offshoots are actually fans of the New York Mets, they are a hold team on, and hold a franchise. Let me stop you right there. I'm kind of a fan yeah. of the New York Mets. You do have a Mets shirt. Yeah, multiple. David Webb? No, none of us are mad at the Mets. I'm just saying that we spend more time and energy covering the Mets than any other team in baseball. Right. I don't take any responsibility for that. I'm going to pull it no, up no, on this one. No, I take no responsibility for that. I, that's definitely not my fault. We are Mariners, White Sox, and Red Sox fans. Right. And I kind of like the Mets. Like, if I was had to pick a National League team to root for, it would be the Mets. And me, too. I, uh... Yeah, probably. I'd have to think about that. I was raised a Giants fan. I can't. I can't be. I can't take another National League affiliation. But I have a soft spot in my heart for the New York Mets, especially because I hate the fucking Yankees. Right. Right. We all hate the Yankees. Exactly. And the Mets are like, what's to hate? They're such a sad sack group of like losers, you know. Which I think makes them so compelling. Right. Exactly. That's why we talk about them so much. But I, I think yeah. that I would just, like, on the record, I would like to say that I'm kind of a fan of the Mets. Okay, that's fair. That's, but you are a Red Sox fan. Oh, yeah, fan. definitely. Right, yeah. I, let's not uh, get it twisted. Ever since the Mets' 2015 World Series loss to the Kansas City Royals, which is what got this podcast started, we have breathlessly covered the fall and rise and fall again of our favorite baseball squadron, the Nine Mets. Mets, gonna Mets. However, now it's time to dive back into the sordid world of the Borough of Queens as the Mets have been sold to hedge fund mogul Steve Cohen for a reported cost of $2.4 billion. After some hesitation, MLB owners voted to approve Cohen's purchase of the Mets 
in October. They got 75% of the owners to vote in approval of the sale, but one of the opponents was Chicago White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf. Right. Which is like, was it only 75%? I thought it was more than that. They needed to cross the 75% threshold to get approval. I believe that there were four MLB owners who voted against Cohen. Um, and I think the Angels owner Moreno was one of them also. Um, the... What, like what? So what is the what is the policy? Like you just have to basically, if you want to buy a, a a major league franchise, you have to be accepted by the brotherhood of major league baseball owners. Yeah, it's like yeah, a exactly. it's like a fraternity thing. So I mean, so like on any like what? Anyway, I mean, if we're not we. I, I, this just kind of goes to support my whole concept of like we can't expect progressive things from Major League Baseball at any point. So what you know, celebrating progressiveness in baseball, it's like this Kim Ng's hiring. It's like it, it it should be a groundbreaking in the sense that it should be the steps that we're moving forward in. You know, women being hired and minorities being hired as in positions of power in Major League Baseball. But I think this kind of that kind of whole thing sort of goes stands directly in the face of that and sort of goes ahead and says, hey, we're we're not fucking changing. We're a bunch of racist old assholes and the only way you're going to get into our club is if we like you and let you into our fucking club. And Yep, exactly. It's that you are 100% exactly correct. It's we're suckers going it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are the suckers. Shit, the problem with this, <laughs> this problem with the your owner sucks section might be that we all realize we hate baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I just I looked it up. I in order to approve of the sale of baseball team, you need twenty three other owners to vote in favor. And the tally was twenty six to four out of twenty nine. Thirty teams <clears throat> minus yourself. Right. I assume. Yeah. I thought there were thirty two teams. Thirty so teams. Oh, 30 teams. 30 teams. 30, 30 teams. One team is being sold, so they're not voting. So I'm 20... pretty sure there's 32 teams. <laughs> no. <laughs> 30 teams. No, guys, I think you might be wrong about the total number of Major League Baseball teams. <laughs> um, I think it's also like just to throw, throw this in there before we move on, uh, and I know we've talked about this before, like – Previously, the Wilpons, the previous owners of the Mets, had entered into agreement to sell the Mets to this guy, Steve Cohen, same guy, for 2.7 or 2.9, it was a lot of... 2.7? Yeah, it was like a lot more millions of dollars more than they ended up actually selling it to him for, and they fucked it up because they wanted to retain control for five more years. So they ended up selling the team to the same guy without the team control for less money, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. We, I think we spoke about this on the podcast before, and my my take was, well, maybe the, my take home, maybe I didn't state it, but, I, but maybe this is the guy you do want running the New York Mets because he just made himself a hell of a deal. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, no, I think you're onto something. And I think that the Will Ponds are terrible businessmen. Right. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hated that guy on part of the interruption anyway. Fred Will Ponds? Will Ponds? Oh, Will Bo- No, no, no. <laughs> God damn it, Thomas. You're holding us back. What are you talking about? Pardon the interruption. We are the better version of that show. <laughs> Because, yeah. That was fun. Carry that on. was good. That was good. Puns are the highest form of comedy. Oh, I'm here for you. Yeah. All right, so the approval means that Cohen is now the richest owner in Major League Baseball with an estimated net worth of $14.1 billion. In order to get the city of New York and Bill de Blasio to sign off on the deal, Cohen has already agreed to donate $17.5 million to New York small businesses and to increase his local charitable donations, which includes things like the Met uh, and like uh, like the uh, the Met. Uh, fuck the Natural History Museum was the other one that I read about. The uh, Met, <laughs> which like like okay. I'm sorry. I just bring this up because I think it's kind of sketchy that De Blasio is like. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll approve the sale for seventeen million dollars of charity, you know, small business loans and charity. Anyway, maybe that's just Mets <clears throat> fans, of course, are ecstatic. I it's like, conflict- I I just want to throw this also out there is that like the Metropolitan Museum of Art is an amazing museum. It's rich. It's it's crazy and it's they there's like amazing shit there and I don't want to take anything away from how great it is, but it only exists because of like how many fucking billionaires there are in New York. Because it's like yeah. only billionaires can spend their money on shit like a free museum that has all of the most expensive art in the fucking world in it. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of art museums. And one of my favorite uh, memories of college was the day that my family and I had lunch on the steps of the Met, the day after Sam gave me a haircut with a butcher knife. <laughs> That's a good you haircut. Wear a hat. <laughs> nope, I was not. That was before I was a chef, too. I just want to point that out. <laughs> like, I was not very good with the knife at that point. Now. Like, Joel, if you wanted to me to give you a haircut with a knife now it would probably would be a pretty good haircut that's all way i'm saying better. yeah you'd be way better at it now yeah yeah there was tequila involved in that decision <laughs> as with all the best decisions take the words out of my mouth <laughs> all right so but as and i'm just gonna repeat as as you listeners know by now you don't get to become a billionaire in America by being a nice or law-abiding person. So, tonight we're going to take a look under the hood of the new kid on the block and find out how Steve Cohen got to where he is today. And although he may be more competent and less prone to falling for Ponzi schemes hatched by rednecks from Louisiana, check out a fucking episode about... (laughs) The Wilpons about that one because that I still not Steve Wilbon. No, not no Fred Wilpon with a P, motherfucker. Uh, God, I love that episode though. 
I think it will be safe for us to say that the owner of the New York Mets still sucks. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to get through all of the crimes of Steve Cohen in one episode. This may take more than one episode. We shall see. So, Stephen A. Cohen was born in 1956 in Great Neck, New York, on the north shore of Long Island, just on the other side of the Cross Island Parkway from Queens. Great Neck, New York, was the basis for F. Scott Fitzgerald's West Egg when he wrote The Great Gatsby. Cohen was not The Great Gatsby, but he grew up in that like sub suburban, I think it's fair to say fair to say community uh just east of Queens. Sam, have you been up there at all? What, to Queens? Uh Cross Island Parkway, just like <clears throat> on the border of Queens. Yeah, that's where uh the racetrack is. The uh the Belmont Stakes. The Belmont yeah, Belmont Stakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I go up there usually once a year to bet on the ponies. I, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly where you're talking about, but that's what's just east okay. of Queens on Long Island. Okay. All right. So Cohen attended John Miller Great Neck High School, which is also the alma mater of Francis Ford Coppola and Andy Kaufman. Cohen then attended the Wharton School of Business at Penn, which is also the alma mater of our current president. Hey, have I, get, have, I, uh, have I told you my Andy Kaufman, Donald Trump theory yet? Ooh, no, I'm kind of scared to ask. Go for it. I was really, really hoping that... Well, I mean... There's still there, there's t- still time, but I was really hoping for a great reveal from Donald Trump that he was actually Andy Kaufman in yeah. the greatest long con of all time. Yeah, my take on that: the aristocrats. You know that joke? I do. Yeah, that that's what I was waiting for Donald Trump to do. <laughs> I tanked the economy. I killed two hundred fifty thousand Americans. I've destroyed our international reputation. The aristocrats. We call it the aristocrat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. So, <sighs> that's pretty good. anyway, carry on. Uh, uh, do you, Thomas? Do you think Andy Kaufman? What would Andy Kaufman's take on America in twenty twenty be? Would he be like? I think that I think it's like I think him. I think it turning out to be actually be Andy Kaufman would be like, yeah, a pretty prescient. But like, it would make it makes sense. I think he had. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just thinking, like, where does the hilarity and the tragedy offset? I mean, Trump is a product of predictable equation. You know what I mean? Like the time in the 80s and the 90s and the air and the business and the money and the in New York and like the whole thing kind of just rolled up into one thing and it became that great joke. I think I think somebody really. Some real heady, keen observer could have probably could could have played a long con on that. I think, and I think it's that's what's kind of hilarious about it. I mean, that's like that the joke is the joke is the, the joke is in your hands, man. 
Yeah, and I think what we're going to see is that Steve Cohen, he doesn't come from exactly the same cloth as Donald Trump, but he comes from kind of similar cloth. But that's, I think, yeah, I would be surprised if they were far apart in their professional mentalities. So are you, do you think Donald Trump is like the same person as Andy Kaufman, except for without a sense of humor? He's like doing all the same shit, except for it's not funny, you know? I mean, he has no sense of irony about it. He doesn't, there's no like, there's no self-reflection going on. <laughs> right. He's not doing yeah, it to be funny. He's just doing it to, for some other reason. Funny. I, I'm thinking about unfollowing him on Twitter now. I've started following him because <laughs> like, I thought it was funny following him when everybody was quitting and I just kind of wanted to hear all the weird babble shit that comes out of his mouth but now it's just like sort of like illegible chicken scratch it's like it's so bizarre to watch this dude like try and communicate with people and you're like you became president like you can't even send out a fucking properly worded tweet you fucking dolt like who let you fucking who gave you control of anything on your own like I doubt you wipe your ass that's why I don't use reddit anymore because I like started going on Reddit and being like, wow, all these people are fucking horrible and hilarious. And then I started to get depressed. Yeah. Joel, uh, hey, Joel, have you seen, do you ever see my comments on his tweets? No, I do not follow Donald Trump on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> are you commenting on Donald Trump's tweets on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, you. Right, I got I to look that up. See, here's right, the thing. We gotta Thomas move on. Like, uh, okay, we gotta move on. Thomas, <laughs> like, 500,000 people comment on Donald Trump's tweets on Twitter. I don't care. I still wanna do it. It still yeah. makes me feel better. No, but I'm saying, but like, sometimes you'll see somebody's, a link to somebody's tweet through their comment on it. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, wait. All right. We gotta move on. We got let's put a pin on this conversation because I wanna come back. A nice, tidy episode on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and about how Donald Trump's presidency is a performance art piece that killed a quarter million Americans. <laughs> but oh, that God. Is funny, yeah, I guess. Oh, God. Wait after graduating. Okay, after graduating. Back on desk. Come on, dear aristocrats. Dear aristocrats. After graduating. <clears throat> Sorry, go on, Joel. No, no, this is good. This is good. This is top-notch radio. After graduating from Wharton in 1978, Cohen went to Wall Street and got a job with the investment banking and brokerage firm Gruntel. I just like to say the word Gruntel. And company. Steve was highly successful at this relatively small investment firm. Are you sure that's not Gruntel? That's what I was wondering. No, I'm not sure at all. Is that the monster from Beowulf? Grendel. Oh, Grendel. Right, sorry. Yeah. But it's also like not quite Grendel, not quite Grinder, right? Like <laughs> kind of half and half. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was managing at least a $75 million portfolio. Of course, being this unusually successful 20 something, he was 22 years old at this time. At your relatively small time trading 
time trading firm is bound to attract attention, and Cohen soon got it. In 1985, General Electric arranged to acquire the OCA Corporation for $6.28 billion, at the time the largest non-oil merger in United States history. Holy shit. That's $1985. dollars yeah. 1985, $6.28 billion. What did RCA own? I mean, what those companies owned at that point is interesting. VCRs. It's all about the VCRs, the future of the world technology. By 2020, every American will have to have a VCR in their home. (laughs) No, it was faster than that. It was like it went... RCA was like 1992. Everyone had a VCR. Yeah, that was that was probably the best sell for RCA right there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, they made they made out well on that deal. <laughs> the VCR market kind of went downhill. <laughs> Cohen had bet a large amount of money on the merger before it happened which caused the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, to come around sniffing for insider trading. Cohen refused to testify under oath, citing his Fifth Amendment rights to protection from self-incrimination. Kids, always in, always invoke your Fifth Amendment. Yeah, never, never testify. No, never. No. Never the talk to the cops. Never yeah. talk to the cops. Never talk to the cops. Don't talk to the Senate. Don't talk to anybody. Don't. Just don't talk. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. Just comment anonymously on the internet. That's the only thing that you should do. Using puppet Twitter accounts. Yeah. Yeah. I need need to get my kid off my Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go on. That may be spit take. Although the SEC never was able to prosecute Cohen, and that's going to be a theme, years later it would be revealed that he paid between 8 and $10 million to his friend and lawyer, Brett K. Lurie, during this time for undisclosed reasons. This motherfucker, Brett Lurie, that's what I want to focus on. What do I know uh, that means? I think it. I think there's a Brett Lurie. There's another guy who's famous. Maybe Google it because I thought I knew that name too. I think there's another dude who sounds like that. Um. Okay, I don't know how much time we have, but I want to get into this Brett K. Lurie guy because he has lived a fucked up life. I'm gonna keep going on this. Cohen's ex-wife Patricia Cohen. They divorced in 1988. She sued Cohen in 2005, claiming that while they were married, he, quote, confessed to her that he received inside information about the takeover of RCA by General Electric. When asked at that time if trading on such information would be illegal, Cohen said that he knew the source was a former classmate of his from Wharton, adding that he had obtained the information from a mutual friend, so he's not involved in insider trading. <clears throat> Patricia Cohen claimed that, that was, Steve Do you paid, think that was Donald Trump? No, uh, Donald Trump's no, way older. No, 
Donald Trump's like 20, 15 or 20 years older than Steve Cohen. Okay. So it wasn't Donald Trump. But we're not like ruling out that it was Donald Trump. Right. Ex exactly. No, it was this dude, Brett Woolley, who got arrested in Costa Rica. Oh, sweet. Yeah. No, this is a story that I am uh, fucking love. This guy, Brett K. Lurie, who was a lawyer, who was Steve Cohen's buddy at Wharton. And what ended up happening was that Steve Cohen allegedly, okay, because Steve, because the NSA is recording this and Steve right. Cohen <laughs> owns the NSA. Can't so make I shit to stick to a, can't make shit stick to a billionaire. That's all I'm saying. Right. Well, and that's going to be a theme, right, in Steve Cohen's life. Is that Cohen was laundering money through Brett Woolley's shady-ass Queens real estate uh, enterprises, for lack of a better word. Okay. So Cohen was making millions of dollars in the 80s off of insider trading and was hiding the profits through his lawyer buddy, Brett Lurie. Now, I'm going to change tabs because I want to read a couple of paragraphs from this fucking hilarious news article I found from amcostarica.com. Um... Agents have finally caught up with fugitive Brett K. Lurie Thursday. He is the New York property manager who was convicted in 1994 on a range of charges involving his management of real estate properties. Lurie, a disbarred lawyer, has been a continual task for local investigators. They arrested him in March 2003 at what they said at the time was a luxurious dwelling facing the, the beach in, I'm going to pronounce that, Yakao, J-A-C-O. Unlike many U.S. citizens who are arrested here, Lori already has been convicted of his crimes and skipped out on his sentencing. According to... Jocko! Yeah, Jocko! <laughs> like, this, is like, this is like a 1990s Grisham novel. Right? All connected to the president. Yeah. Yeah. According to court filings in 1989 and 1990, Lurie was a manager and majority shareholder of five co-op apartment buildings in Queens County, New York. As financial officer for the buildings, Lurie failed to make monthly payments on the mortgage failed to pay for building maintenance, water, heating oil, or taxes, with the exception of a $15,000 maintenance payment to himself. He was that that does sound like the Trumps, problem. actually. That's like the Donald yes. Trump and father M.O. of, like, slumlording in Queens. Yes. And that's how Cohen is laundering his money. Right. Allegedly. All right, so we're going to, we, we got to wrap this up. I want to finish this paragraph. But, like, this is, like, he's coming up from this CD upbringing and finding 
kind of fucking hilarious ways to hide his crimes. Right. I think you're onto something a little more sinister than maybe maybe we need to start taking this NSA stuff a little more seriously. Can we change oh. this whole change this this uh your your owner sucks to like uh, all code words and code names. Right. <clears throat> this is this is like really reading like a true crime podcast all of a sudden. I'm kind of I'm 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 interested. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking messed up story. Yeah. <laughs> and now he owns the Mets. Right, and he owns the Mets, and he's a money yeah. launderer. I would have. I, I, I could have owned the Mets probably, but I had kids. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna stop. We're gonna, I got. I got three more sentences, and then we're gonna stop. So, his ex. Never believe what happened next. Yeah, this next part's not that exciting, although it's kind of interesting. So, his ex-wife, Steve Cohen's ex-wife Patricia, claims that Steve hid millions of dollars by funneling them through Brett Roy's shady real estate operations, according to the New York Times. And this is a quote. In Miss Cohen's version of the events, her husband and his brother, Donald, orchestrated uh-huh. a long-running racketeering scheme. She says her former husband lied under oath about never tell the cops the truth. Right. About his net worth. Never tell the cops anything. Mail and wire fraud and concealed from her and the Supreme Court of New York millions of dollars that he possessed in 1990, thus reducing her divorce settlement. Well, that's just good business. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, like your ex-wife is trying to get your money? What do you do? Give it to your shady friend. Don't tell the fucking cops. That's... yeah, that's it's a hard sell to like make the ex-wife claiming her husband is a shady business dealer fly though. Right, and and the, uh, uh, to be honest, the New York Times definitely remarked on that that she was trying to get hundreds of millions of dollars out of their divorce settlement. Right. And this, she went back in, in 2005 and claimed all these things 15 years after the fact, right. saying that he had lied to her when they got divorced in 1990. Um, so th- there is, like, one of the themes is... Is there any corroboration these, or no? Well, short answer, no. Long <laughs> answer, it depends upon what the hell this Brett K. Woolley was up to in, in Costa, Rica. Costa Rica in the 1990s. Yeah. We may but, never know, because Costa Rica is fucked right now. Exactly. Coincidence? The, Costa Rica ones. I have never been to Costa Rica. I really want to go to Costa Rica. It's fun. Yeah. Sam, you've been to Belize. Have you been to Costa Rica? No. no. I gotta go take care of my kid. All right. Well, we, we... Thomas has to go take care of his kid. We will pick this up. This 
we could do three episodes. Right. This is, we haven't to, even gotten like, to like his like documented crimes. Yes. <laughs> so much more to cover. We haven't even gotten to him starting his own business that gets the same crimes. And the theme of Steve Cohen is he keeps getting accused of the same crime over and over again. But somehow it's always somebody else's fault, which I'm really curious about. Right. Nothing, nothing sticks. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for uh, listening to us. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a, a baseball podcast. This has been the B-Block, Your Owner Sucks, Steve Cohen, Part 1. We will try Part 2 next week. Again, if you listen to us on Apple iTunes, give us a listen, a like, a subscription. Tell your friends. You can also check us out on all your social media applications. For Sam and Thomas, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow.